Hello, 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 and welcome back to Protractor, the analytical podcast where we discuss random mathematical science-based topics throughout not only my life but the life of my friends and families we are here today and just letting y'all know that as you know every week our topic changes so this week's topic is mathematical thinking so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast And welcome back to the Protractor podcast, the analytical podcast where we discuss different topics. As I said before, today's topic is mathematical thinking. So I've decided to break this podcast down into four sections. So let's begin section one. And I want to start off with a quote from William Paul Swatson. The quote says, he's an American mathematician, and the quote says, Maths is not about numbers, equations, computations, or algorithms. It's about understanding. So, the first aspect of this podcast is going to be, I'll be reflecting on not only my experience as a teacher, but also as a student. On the challenges I've faced as it relates to mathematics. So, the first point I want to raise is prior knowledge i feel like if we talk about prior knowledge we always make sure we write that on our lesson plans we we have to know what prior what the student's prior knowledge is i need to know what my prior knowledge is but we never truly understand why it's so important as students our prior knowledge is what we use as our foundation to guide us into learning another topic and as a teacher the student's prior knowledge even our prior knowledge is what we use and utilize as similar to the student the driving force of our lesson so the only way that we can know where a student is and their current level is through their prior knowledge i've had experiences where i was teaching a form two student and his actual level in mathematics was around standard two three and that begs the question how did he move from from one to two or even pass the common interest exam how did he get to this point if they didn't realize that he wasn't ready and they didn't aid him in being ready to be able to understand form two maths because he's now in form three i believe and i beg the question and i ask myself how is he doing right now in maths because i only had him for such a short period of time so we have to understand why prior knowledge is so important for students the other point is varying instruction i i'll use myself as an example for this one i was failing maths for a very long time i did amazing in maths i passed maths with flying colors up until first form and from second form to third form i struggled tremendously i couldn't understand maths in any form or which way so i literally my mom literally had to sign me up for a class and when i went to the class within a few months my tutor was like you're ready to do common interest exam i was in fort on my way to fort for my relief when she said that and i was like miss you sure because i don't think um i am ready for that but she said you are you are showing exceptional improvement in math and i can genuinely say that you're almost ready and when i went back to school i was failing maths and i realized in that moment that the 
the way in which my teacher, my mathematical teacher in school taught me maths in comparison to the way my tutor taught me maths were two completely different ways. So when I was in classes, I would understand completely everything that she was doing. When I went to school, it was a whole different area. I was on two different playing fields playing the same sport. And that had me in a, a disarray because I don't know what who should I have listened to. Now I realized I was doing better with my tutor. So it legit got to the point where I just stopped doing maths in school. And I'm saying that like I just used to go to class, sit down, write a few notes because at that point I used to walk around to see what notes you wrote and then go home. I never pay attention to math class for the entirety of fifth form. Because at that point I already had passed maths and English with um I wanna with two ones. So I was like, I mean I'm gonna just do it all over again. I practiced and I did the exact same thing all over again. Without really and truly paying attention to what my math teacher in school actually taught me. The third point is a mathematics block. I personally don't have this but my friends do whereby I have a friend who hates maths. He can't do it. He He's legit a university student now, his degrees in business and he still hates maths. And that to me is like an amazing thing. I've had an information technology block but my friend literally built up uh, I can't do this because I don't understand this block against maths and it it's I saw it not only with my friend as we were colleagues in the same classroom but with my students when I had to teach certain ones especially the one who when I looked at his prior knowledge he was not to the level of his classmates so he built up a block because at that point he just couldn't learn because everything that I was telling him he didn't understand a single thing because he was still at a one plus one uh under now learning to come to a hundred numbers level he didn't understand simple addition he didn't understand indirect or direct numbers he didn't understand anything i was because he built up such a block that he couldn't do maths and this raises the final point which is a connection to real life i think that for a lot of teachers they sometimes don't really connect things to students actual lives i remember i had a cousin and he hated maths entirely like everything about maths but the one topic he never hated was money so when they were teaching money in school he understood it instantly any other topic he would see sometimes you would always see like he had a little difficulty in it but money because of how he always had that i need to make money mentality and he was mind you like 10 when he said this but because he always had that I need to make money mentality he had to he thought in his head this is connected to what I need for my real life so I need to learn this and that's another thing he needed to understand it just like the just like Mr. Uh, Mr. William Paul Thurston said I maths is not about all the numbers and equations it's about understanding so when you put a student in a situation where they don't understand something they don't have any prior knowledge to it the way in which you're teaching them is bad they build up a block when they can't connect it to their real lives they build up a block and these are four of the main challenges i see when it comes to mathematical thinking and just overall teaching maths so this brings us to the end of section one so stay tuned we'll be right back with section two And welcome back to the podcast again. 
So we're on to section two, which is what is mathematical thinking? So like when I heard this question the first time, I really and truly thought about it because to me, maths has always been about numbers. Maths has always just been about equations and formulas. But when you really sit down and think about it, you realize that maths is more than that. Maths is one of the few subjects that really has you thinking. It, it has a philosophical aspect to it. So for me, I actually said what mathematical thinking is through words. And I found the, uh, the best example I could find, which was mathematical thinking is exploring, questioning, working systematically, visualizing, explaining, generalizing, justifying, and proving. These are the main elements of what mathematical thinking is. It's not simply you finding a solution and you knowing that it's about the journey to getting to that solution yes we know especially in questions where they give us the answer already they give us the end result but what we have to do now is formulate a journey on how we got to that point and i feel like if with maths especially mathematical thinking a lot of students that's where the disconnect comes as well it's that they just like in terms of varying instruction you do are taught so many things that you get you confuse yourself and when you question you don't know which aspect you should question when you visualize it you sometimes misinterpret your visualization when you're explaining it not only to others but to yourself you form different avenues and different ventures that you make you mismanage the actual information i remember one of the tactics that i use in my class was that when I teach a subject, I would the students who were struggling and the students who were doing good, I would allow the students who actually got it correct to teach the other students. And it was in that moment that I knew that at least that student understood and was able to pass on that information to their colleagues. It's the ability through mathematical thinking that you are supposed to allow your students to really as we just as I just said just to visualize and to be able to justify and prove something because maths is a science and in sciences we are given a hypothesis and we must prove that hypothesis if the question is x plus 3 equals 6 we must be able to formulate the hypothesis which is that and formulate a a journey of how can we find out what X is we must question what X could be we must explore the different things that X could be we must explain why we think this is the correct answer we must generalize and we must justify and at that point after we've done all those we'll be able to prove that whatever answer is which in this case is 3 which is 3 plus 3 equals 6 so X being 3 plus three equals six and how how does a child get to that point because maths itself is an art it's an artistry so mathematical thinking is more than just an equation it's an artwork of you exploring as many avenues as you want visualizing as many areas as you want to prove something And we're back with section three, which is where we're going to be exploring some theories that are implemented within teaching and learning of maths. 
so the first one is behaviorism so for me what i've realized after reading the, the information given as well as doing my own research is that the main concept of behaviorism is the fact that it has a response and the reinforcement so through both the response and the reinforce and further the reinforcement the student is able to develop habits these habits practically represent what the student has learned and the student's memory overall so an example is if you present as i was reading through it they were saying for an example when you present a flashcard to a child showing one two plus four and the learner replies with six which is the correct answer the flashcard would be like a stimulus to the child's response so in that case the most important aspects of behaviorism is making sure that you have an appropriate stimulus the appropriate well the student's response and your reinforcement whether it be positive or negative towards that child so in an example also could be when you're marking a test paper when you give a child a tick the, ex the excitement that comes over them which is positive reinforcement whereby they know what they did was correct so they know now in working out the formula that this is the formula to go by while a negative reinforcement whereby they would get an x and they would know that what they did was wrong in both of these aspects you are building a habit for the child so if the student was not taught this what we will consider the foundation of math so standard one in well, infant one to standard five they would have been developing bad habits and if the reinforcement that was given to them was positive for the wrong response then we know as teachers let's just say secondary school teachers would now have to do what we call we have to break bad habits and this is where the another challenge comes in is that we have to ensure that as teachers or, or stimulus is appropriate or reinforcement is appropriate to the response that the child gives this is the for me what behaviorism overall is in that we have to ensure that what the student provides and what the student produces is given a proper and an appropriate reaction from us teachers because to the students we are that the end all we are the correct or the incorrect we give them that verification if they did the correct thing or if they did the wrong thing the second aspect is cognitivism so due to the fact that overall cognitivism focuses on the mind and the ability to process information so this can be seen as especially through bloom's taxonomy especially during the cognitive domain with the cognitive domain being the aspects being remember understand which is the lower tier levels apply and analyze being the middle levels and evaluate and create being the higher levels this represents the students expected abilities as they progress through their levels of education so overall what cognitivism is is being able to focus on not only the concepts and the procedures that students must go through but ensure that they actually learn that because cognitivism the whole process of le learning is a process so we as teachers are expected to be a guide through that process for students so that they can understand let's go back to the example above which was one plus well two plus four is six 
we are supposed to go through well what two is what does two represent the plus sign what is the plus sign what does the plus sign represent the same thing for behavioralism but with cognitivism you really focus on the mind so they have to we have to ensure they understand what plus is plus means to add they need to we need to ensure they understand that two is more than well four is more than two two is less than four that when you add some of them use their fingers to visualize one two three four five six and if they do that that's okay but that means that they still are using visual aids to do so and that's okay but we have to ensure through cognitivism that they understand that this is a process that they can move from simply remembering what two what what the plus sign what four is what equal sign is to understanding what that is to being able to apply what they remembered and understood to also analyze what they remembered and understood to evaluate why did I get this answer and to be able to create the correct answer in a sense. So that to me is what cognitivism is when it comes to learning, especially in maths. And finally, constructivism. So constructivism is practically the idea that people consistently and continuously create ideas and create their own knowledge when it relates to their own experiences. So basically, learners use their previous knowledge as the foundation to when they're building new knowledge. So people, so practically, people learn to learn. This means that there's always a reason and a meaning to learning. It's a continuous active process. So for overall, when it comes to constructivism, students are placed in a situation where they feel like they need to learn. They use their prior knowledge to bring forward new ideas. So if I'm teaching my students maybe like matrices, they would use their prior knowledge of indirect and direct numbers to understand that topic. So that's overall what constructivism is. And let's just say in the overall, Overall, when it comes to constructivism, cognitivism, and behavioralism, they all play an integral role in a child's learning experience. It plays an integral role in how the child applies the knowledge that they would have learned through the series or based on their experience with the series into not only their real world, but into their, well, of course, day-to-day -day lives. So sit back and relax as we go on to the final topic of the session. Welcome back to our final aspect of this episode, which is where we will critically analyzing a specific document. The document will be attached in the description of the video when it's posted, but the overall document focused on trends and issues in maths and overall focused on thinking and different aspects of um, a student's learning and critical mathematical well, mathematical thinking experience. So from this, we were supposed to identify the different as what what stood out to us and what stood out to me is the chances in there being a disconnect between the cognitive aspect, which being knowledge, skill and strategies, the metacognitive aspect being the awareness and the regulation, and the disposition aspect, which is belief and effect. I think that when it comes to a child's learning experience, everything always plays into the other. 
So with cognitive being the first step, if the child doesn't understand the concepts, they won't be able to get to the metacognitive aspect of it, which is where they will be aware of the importance of. This is where affective, um, the affective domain comes into play when it comes to Bloom's taxonomy. So how do they how does it actually affect them not only simply emotionally but from a holistic perspective the knowledge that they would have gained the skills that they would learn how does that now play into their lives and then this brings the disposition aspect to it which is the belief and the effect what effect what effect does the topic have on them so for me um a topic like maybe like perimeter to this day i do architectural work for fun so i always take into consideration this area and what i can do within this area when you're building a house specifically you will have this amount of square footage and you will say i want a 2000 square foot house and i want 3000 square feet of land is that enough extra land for you you always have to raise questions i think that the issue is that many students don't take a philosophical standpoint when it comes to maths and that's one of the greatest issues now people are now teaching maths because they need to pass maths rather than teaching maths for them to understand the other point that i saw overall was the effect of the conceptualizing and the procedural aspects of teaching as teachers we are expected not only to teach the concept but to teach an effective procedure in which we will be able to properly and appropriately analyze the students work and the students themselves will be able to analyze the work and i feel like for many classes we tend to just focus on them knowing what to do rather than as in blue's taxonomy them remembering or understanding what to do but never being able to apply to analyze to evaluate and to create and those were the main points that struck me as i read the document that was given so this brings us to the end of today's podcast and i just would like to reiterate william paul thruston and his quote which says maths is not about numbers it's not about equations it's not about computations or algorithms it's all about understanding we as teachers we as continuing students because you never stop learning have to truly understand what maths is maths is more than just all those things i just call all those numbers and equations it's about exploring mathematical thinking is about questioning it's about working systematically it's about visualizing explaining generalizing justifying and again proving we have to really and truly ensure that all students understand what mathematical thinking what maths really is because if we don't do that then they'll never understand